0: Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIC and AuroraLasic.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to auroralasic.com. That's auroralasic.com. Dr. J Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's auroralasic.com for your refractive lens exchange.
1: This is the Ian Furness Show.
2: Galen Jenkins, the catch, to the outside, Jenkins, breaks a tackle, touchdown,
3: Washington State. I told you how Jenkins is slippery. It's really an unfair advantage between him and some linebackers around this conference. More to the slant, juggled and intercepted. Ryan Cooper
2: Jr. off the tip. Third interception for Cooper.
1: How many times have we seen the ball tonight go through the receiver's hands? Text us at 49451 and hit the talkback mic on the iHeartRadio app. Simons thirsty before it comes to it. The lift off again. And hit another one. Anthony Simons knocking him down left and right.
0: 22 in the quarter. And this is going to be intercepted by the rookie Gordon. Kyler Gordon. Just runs out of gas, but another takeaway by the Chicago defense.
1: This is the new Sports Radio 93.3,
0: KJRFM. All right, highlights courtesy, Pac-12 Network, Root Sports, ESPN there. I don't even know if I'll get to, I probably won't get to any NBA talk today, I don't think, but boy, if I can get a Kevin Calabro highlight in there, damn. He's still so good, so good, so good. Never, never will be a Blazer fan ever, ever, ever. But uh, always a Kevin Collabro fan. Uh, they're good this year, man. What the hell's going on? The NBA is weird. Utah's undefeated. They're beat. They're winning teams. I don't, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oklahoma City, those zero three. We like that up here in Seattle. Hello, welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the show. We got uh, headlines in just a second. We got Factor Fiction two thirty five today. A lot of college football. Our Kook Legends join us about 10 minutes from now. We'll hear from Alex and MK. Get ready for Utah on Thursday. we got a little Maddie Beneer soundbite for you in the daily power play. Buffalo's in town to take on the Kraken right here on 93.3 FM. That's coming up uh, about 1.45 today. And we'll spend some time talking Seahawks, and I'll, I'll tell you how in just a couple seconds. But first, let's get to headlines. Now, from the Star Reynolds Sports Desk, your 93.3 FM sports headlines. Brought to you by Venue Kings, VenueKings.com. Well, you heard the highlight there. How about Monday Night Football last night? New England getting spanked by the Chicago Bears. That's a good day for football. Uh, Rumors around the NFL about referees maybe seeking autographs from players. You saw the video probably by now. A couple NFL officials walking off the field. Tampa Bay receiver Mike Evans was with them. Looked like they were getting an autograph. They were exchanging phone numbers, according to the NFL, Allegedly. Uh, for a golf lesson with a mutual friend. No one is buying it. No one says it passes the sniff test, but uh, NFL officials in the crosshairs of folks today. Uh, Seahawks are off today. We'll uh, back at it tomorrow, getting ready for the New York Giants on Sunday. We'll get another update, I'm sure, then from Pete Carroll on the health of one DK Metcalf. Brittany Griner's appeal of a nine-year prison sentence was denied today by a Russian court. We're all stunned by that, so she remains incarcerated in Russia uh, thanks to a drug a smuggling case and uh, so we'll see what happens with her and uh, the U.S. men's national team soccer World Cup coming up next month they're holding they're calling it a last chance it's more of a fitness training session right now for players whose season is over there are MLS players still playing of course European players as well but for players like Christian Roldan and Jordan Morris from the Sounders whose season is over they're training there. Uh, In that last chance camp, um, seems like Morris has a pretty good shot to make the team roll down, maybe a little bit more of a long shot. We'll wait and see. Those are your headlines. Let's go. Here we go on a Tuesday edition of the show. There you go. Yeah, we're done. Done with highlight headlines. We're moving in It's
1: time to talk cougar football no, not yet. On no, no, no sports no,
0: no, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. We'll tell you, cougar football in just about a few minutes. We'll get about uh we're a few minutes away from those guys standing by. We'll get them about five minutes. Uh I want to uh just real quick, coming up at two o'clock today, uh we're gonna hear some sound and it's it went viral, and I don't know, I guess we haven't played it on the station at all yet. Interesting. Um there's a, a video, this a post game comments that we had uh with Bruce Irvin on Sunday. And I asked him a question about why coming back to Seattle. Uh, he was, I don't think he was retired yet. He was just sitting on his couch. Uh, he, you know, he had talked to a couple of teams, but he wasn't playing yet. And listen, there's a lot of, a lot of things in sports that you can just kind of quantify with X's and O's and film study and stats. And, and it makes sense. And this is why things happen. This is, this is why things take place. And there's other things that are just, you know, maybe it's an intangible. Maybe it's something that is as simple as leadership, uh, as simple as a mentorship. And I don't believe that it's 100% because he's back and has helped some young guys. But I do believe there is a correlation between the Seahawks defense improving and Bruce Bruce, Bruce Irvin being back in town. Uh, and I'll, I'll explain a little more deeply in some of the things I've heard and, and talk to some of the guys off the off the record uh, around the team. But there is no doubt that Bruce Irvin's influence has meant a ton to the Seahawks' defense. It was such an odd season to start because most of us who had watched this team in training camp and even through the offseason felt that based on the personnel and – whether it's potential of young guys, got young guys taking the next step, i.e. Daryl Taylor, uh, Apuna Ford, who's your highest paid defensive player, the addition of Shelby Harris, Nuosu, guys like that. This would be a really good defense. Jordan Brooks last season showed flashes of greatness. And it wasn't just the number of tackles because that can be a deceiving number sometimes. But there were questions at the cornerback position for sure. But I think Maybe Sidney Jones, Artie Burns would be all right there. Well, of course, those guys haven't really been much of a factor at all. It's been Michael Jackson and Tariq Wolin. But based on a lot of what we kind of thought and felt, and it wasn't just guys that cover the team, it wasn't just you know, you know fanboys or anything like that. It was just this should be a strong defense, and it was just really, really not good the first few weeks of the season. Kind of felt like the personnel was there. Was it schematic-based? What was going on? Well, a combination of a lot of things, and frankly, they've turned it around. I mean, Kyler Murray had a 40-yard run and scrambled for some other yards in the game a couple weeks ago, the game that the Seahawks' defense effectively won for them when the offense really was a no-show. Uh, but really, I mean, if you look what the, the traditional running back did, and I know it's, you know, Benjamin, I know last week that, you know, Austin Eckler is more of a pass-catching running back. I get all of those things. But they stopped the run because they couldn't stop anybody running the ball, backup running back, Jamal Williams, et cetera. They couldn't stop anybody. Now they have. And I think Bruce Irvin's been a big, big part of that. I really, truly do. I think Bruce has come in in a lot of ways. We'll talk more about that, hear from him, hear from Daryl Taylor on his influence coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, and we'll discuss that more uh, as well. Because I think it's a really fascinating study. The offense is good, and it's going to be good enough to score points. I think we've seen enough of Geno through the course of the season Ken Walker makes three yards out of a minus-three-yard situation more times than not. If you've watched him at all, his, his ability to make guys miss, even in the backfield when the middle of that line, which isn't really strong, is getting beat, he still makes guys miss. Walker, if he stays healthy, if the rest of the offense stays healthy, if DK's not out long-term, the offense will score points. But you can't play Mike Leach air raid every week and try to outscore everybody. You need at some point to get stops, and the defense is starting to do that and it's why this team is 4 and 3 it's why not just 4 and 3 in the first place but why there's legitimate hope with a lot of football left to be played that this team can really make some noise and is truly going to get better each and every week and so we'll discuss that a little bit more later on. Uh, 49451, tell them to do text line. 49451, tell them or do text line when it's game time. It's telly time. Uh, Talk Back Mike is there for you well, as well on the iHeartRadio app. You can send us a message if you like. We'll get to those. Fact or fiction coming up at 2.35 today. And, yes, now let's get to the legends talking Cougar football.
1: It's time. To talk Cougar football on Sports Radio 93.3, KJR FM. Our Wazoo Roundtable is brought to you by No Lie Brew House, family owned No Lie brewed with history, hops, and heart. And by Guild Mortgage. If you're looking to purchase or refinance your home, reach out to Team Bruce at Guild Mortgage. By the Buffalo Gym, 10,000 square feet of In Fitness in the heart of Maple Valley. By American Football Brand, celebrating all things that make football great. Now, with Cougar legends Alex Brink and M. Christo Bruce. Here's our own Cougar
0: who isn't a legend, Ian Furness. All right, here we go. It's our Cougar legends, Alex Brink and M. Christo Bruce. Uh, big thanks to No Lie Brewing, Guild Mortgage, and American Football Brand. As we get ready, it, it's not only game week; it's it's basically Thursday of game week. Even though it's a Tuesday of game week with Utah coming up, uh, the nationally televised game on on Thursday. After a bye week, lots of changes. And, and Alex, look who's back from Jamaica, Mon. It's our guy,
2: huh? huh?
3: The world traveler
2: himself, MK.
0: How are you, This golden
3: and tan.
2: <laughs> MK, you almost got replaced by Justin McIntyre, man. So
3: you're You're lucky.
0: Yeah, very close to being Wally Pipp. There we used Jess on uh, last last week. She's being gone. Yeah, darn it. Yeah. I,
3: can, I can understand. You know, Jed with those golden locks, but come on, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: no. And listen, we'll you you look tanned and bronze. You look fantastic. You got a lot of sun there. It's obvious. <laughs> oh man, you you are uh, you are a treat, man. Going. This is this guy's flying airplanes, Alex. I see him flying airplanes. Do you fly no. yourself down to Jamaica or what?
3: Yeah, you know what? Someone asked me that because I, I want to <laughs> fly to Mexico. And then I start thinking, I was like, man, the air traffic control gets on, starts speaking Spanish. And I'm like, uh... Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't think you want to fly a small plane into Mexico, man. I'm no. just, I'm just, just I might, that's just the old guy and me telling you something, MK. I would just, I would stay away. You know what? Fly into a Ritzville few or something. There. Yeah, <laughs> fly, there you go. Fly, fly into Sprague or Lacrosse. so no, you don't need to be flying into Mexico.
2: Oh,
3: home of Matt Molinex. Uh, <laughs> Is that Spangled?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Spangled.
0: <laughs> that's a beautiful thing about being a cougar. because we know every small town in
3: Eastern Washington, right? I'm, either, I'm only going to Okanogan <laughs> <laughs> so I could say that I landed where Will Durning's born. That's the reason why.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's fantastic! Well, by, boys, let's go. Let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, a bye week, and then look ahead to Utah as well. Uh, first of all, uh, Alex, a bye week. We'll get into some of the changes in a second. How needed though was this week uh, of just taking a week off for this football team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was vital, um, in my personal opinion. I mean, you had to, after a a tough loss at Oregon State, you know, you had to find a little bit of time to regroup. Sometimes, I mean, that's different for everybody, and MK can speak to this. Some guys, they need to step away from football and be away from it. Some guys need to, you know, dive in head first and watch a bunch of tape you know the coaches are going to spend a lot of time either way you get some reps um you, know, you get to rep th- some things particularly offensively maybe try some things out try and find um, maybe what the formula is going to be moving forward um to have success down the back half of the season
0: mk for you i mean as a guy especially in the, just down the trenches um how, what what was the bye week was it something you look forward to did you get away from football did you recharge what what, what yeah. was the what's the what's what was kind of your mo with the, that week
3: you know i I think a lot of people will say two different things some people say it takes a little bit of focus away from football which could be a bad thing uh takes your rhythm away some people would say or argue the fact that you can have some key players that need some more treatment time or some rest time um granted we're going into a thursday game right which takes a couple days away but still um i i like the bye week i just um got a little bit away with practices that sometimes got a little bit unfocused. So as long as everybody's focused, I mean, the bi-weeks are definitely needed.
0: Yeah. Well, that's part of it. It's interesting you bring that up because I know most of the coaching staff, Alex is on the road uh, and you're kind of involved a little bit with training some, some young guys. I mean, I think if nothing else, I'll just take a step back. I, I think those guys getting out on the road, I saw Jake Dickert tweeting from a number of high school football games. I can't remember all due respect to Mike and, and everything else that's been a long time since we've had a massive cougar presence in you know the top high school programs in the northwest i alex i'll just say the intangible there to me that was so vitally important for him to get out and do that
2: yeah i mean it shows you know their commitment to the northwest um you know that they you know they want to be in and around the west side and you know look i mean and uw would say the same thing i mean there's been some incredible football athletes that come out of the Seattle metro area and really, um, the whole state of Washington, you know, in the last 10 years. And, and, you know, you'd be hard pressed to say that, you know, UW or WCU, you know, really feels like they capitalized on, on, you know, the, the majority of them. So I think everybody feels like that's an opportunity to, to get into, you know, look, I know that, you know, Coach Dickert's really involved also in down in Oregon. Um, you know, a young man I work with very closely, Sam Levitt's committed to Washington state. So, you know, they're committed to the Northwestern. A recruiting standpoint them being visible at high school football games shows um you know that they know where the bread is buttered you know from from the the state so to speak from recruiting and then they go build from there hopefully down the west coast and, and kind of similar to the way mike price did it yeah. uh, for a and number that's, of years that,
3: the proofs in the pudding i mean mike price had the absolute key ingredients on on how to recruit in the state But, you know, as a Washington guy born and raised, it it does hurt to see top tier talent go elsewhere. Right. We want to see our guys here and and not only here, but at Washington State, not that other school. You you know, this morning I'm getting ready to write the workout on the board and I saw a purple marker or uh, or something else that didn't work. And I just told everybody what the workout was so I didn't have to write it in purple. But I want to make sure. <laughs> I want to make sure that we get people over to Pullman.
0: <laughs> well, but I, you know, I think, in a, and I'm going to ask you. We'll get to the game in a second. I think some of these bigger picture topics I think are good discussion points. I, I, I'll. I want to get a player's perspective on where this staff is with ex-players and guys like you in a second. But, you know, I, I thought watching the Oregon State game is some of the struggles that this team has had this year offensively. And we've kind of – it's easy to look at the quarterback. I've asked Alex about the quarterback a hundred times already, and I get that, and we'll get to him in a second. But but I – listen, if we're being really honest, the problems came up front, uh, and they are up front on that offense. And I just think that this is and, – and I will also take a step back. This was a Jimmy Lake – Problem as well. It's wild that Jimmy Lake, who was this great recruiter under Chris Peterson, and brought in all these guys, right? That was the, but then COVID was an issue. But they took some time off, like they they tapped out as far as you know making you know real inroads and how however you had to do it. And now you're seeing some of the problems they have on defense at Washington. I think for Washington State, and I know probably quietly, maybe not publicly, Quaylen Wire would probably tell you this as well. Somewhere along the way, they lost themselves on that offensive line. And I think, and I just know from how they didn't, when Mike Gorbriel left and went to the Jets, Rolo and that staff for a while, they just, they just were out of it. They just weren't even into recruiting and it was hard and you had to work harder because of COVID. And I, and I think that's sometimes where you see some of the problems with this team. I think those have been resolved. I think there's no doubt that Dickard is getting after it. There's no doubt that this guy and his staff uh, are, are good, aggressive, and in a lot of cases, young, youthful uh, recruiters, which is good. But so much of recruiting goes into, I believe, connecting with the 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 player, the old players, the ex players, the alums, the legends like yourself, Alex. Are they better at this than we've had in a while?
2: Oh, I mean, they're really good at it. I and I'll, the anecdote I can give right away is that very early on, um, after Jake Dicker got Jake Dicker got kind of officially hired, and and early in this last offseason, you know, he specifically you know came to me and some other former players he said, "Hey, I want guys." to... Feel welcome coming back. I want just feel connected to the program, and he and he actually had a plan. He said, "Hey, I have I have a link right here." He goes, "Save it, put it on your phone, send it to your former teammates. Anybody can sign up." They will be in contact with a specific point person in our athletic department who will be able to address it. You know, if they come to, um, you know, come to a game weekend, they want to come check out practice. You know, if they want to know what's going on as an alumni within the program, um, you know, we will have people dedicated to that. And I, and I found that, um, you know, it's one thing to say, it; it's another thing to do it and have a process. And so I think that just even that little bit goes a long way because then you know players feel um, obviously like they're involved. You know they they honor the '97 Rose Bowl team. You know Jake Dicker was front and center at you know the celebration of it at a lot of the events and obviously on the field. And you know you can tell that you know he wants to honor the past, which I think is really important.
0: MK, I would think that's. I mean, to me, if I'm a if I'm a parent and my kid was going through the process right now, I'd want them to meet somebody like you. Got his McDonald's headset on right now, taking orders. <laughs> it, but it's <laughs> but this guy and I joke he's uh, I'll. We'll do this on Zoom so I can see, we can see each other. MK is in his office, which I drive by every day. Uh, beautiful office, and he's got all kinds of businesses going. Alex has all kinds of business. I want guys to talk not just about football, but also about what they can get out of it. And MK, I think that's a huge key
3: yeah absolutely and and i'll think about things too like when when coach price was there i always go back to coach price because that's you know he he was kind of like when you think about coaches coaches are like your father figures your family right they raise you when you're away from your family right so you know when when they leave you know that the mike leach era i don't ever felt like i was really welcome back not to say that i wasn't you know but but it didn't have that feeling when i when i talked to jake jake's like how do we get you back? And it was a totally different experience. Yep. And for me, I think that's beautiful. Like, you know, the USC has their alumni program, UW, like all these different schools. And when, when I was playing in NFL, I'm in the locker room and not to say that I'm wanting free stuff, but different colleges, they would just have stuff waiting there. Like, Hey, we appreciate you for, for laying the bricks down for, you know, and, yep. and representing our school. And they would just have little notes and things like that. I never got stuff like that and wasn't resentful, but it just it, it felt like they were more tight knit like that. And we got away from that. And I feel like that's what Jake's trying to bring back is that camaraderie.
0: And I think my whole point of this conversation is this. I, I just I, I like what I see in the program. I like what yeah, I see from Jake Dicker, I you do. know, and I like to see, you know, whether it's the uh, being aggressive recruiting in the Northwest, making sure, you know, go connect with. You know, Monty Kohler at O'Day and Sheldon Cross at Kennedy and the top programs down in Oregon that Alex is, is familiar with. I don't know, like Central or East or Lake Oswego, whatever it might be down there. Uh, of course, Sheldon High School in Eugene. Is that the, is that the right one, Alex? Right. You betcha. Yeah. Well, because I haven't looked <laughs> I mean, I look at Alex, the home of so, you know, Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's right. Well, I look Stick. at Alex, Alex was, or Baltar. Alex, you were head to Boise State, right? At one point. So, I mean, yeah. it's it's. I mean, like we can't lose guys from the Northwest, and it pisses me off more than anything when I see guys, you know, commit to like a place like Oregon State. Man, you want to look like you're, you know, at Halloween every day of the year and orange <laughs> and black. That's up to you, man. But I just I don't think that should happen. I love what we're seeing. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I want to talk about the game and also what we should expect to see after a week off. Changes on the offensive line. It sounds like Stribling's moving on the inside as far as a receiver position is concerned. There right, I have some banged up. And uh, the Utes, uh, we know how they play. Kind of tough. <laughs> Hard-nosed football. We'll talk about that next, 93.3 KJR-FM. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIC and AuroraLasic.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLasic.com. That's AuroraLasic.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's auroralasic.com for your refractive lens exchange.
1: To the 12th man, when he speaks, everyone listens.
0: This is a learning curve right now. They want to be something they're not close to being that yet.
1: Don't miss Coach Mike Holmgren, Mondays at 9, Wednesdays at 2, Thursdays at 4, and Friday mornings at 9.30 on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. This report is sponsored by indeed.com. Still
0: watching. This is your one
1: and only home for the Washington Huskies in FM stereo sports radio, 93.3 KJR
0: FM. Now back to Ian Furness. All right, we're back. We cruise along on this Tuesday afternoon, Alex, American football brand. Tell me about it.
2: Yeah. Americanfootballbrand.com. You know, uh, fun venture that some former players and I have going celebrating the game of football through hats, hoodies, t-shirts, off field apparel that again, is, is about celebrating the game, not a specific team, but, um, you know, fun sayings about that, that we all know as football fans. And if you love the passion and the history and the pageantry, um, check out americanfootballbrand.com, to pick up a hat or a hoodie.
0: Cougar owned business, man. Get out there Cougs and support Alex and his group out there. Uh, MK, uh, wheeling and dealing, got uh, you know all kinds of stuff going on in the real estate world. Tell people about Guild Mortgage.
3: Yeah, go to TeamBruceMortgage.com, But uh, if you're looking for a mortgage, uh, whether it's a refinance or purchase, got to call Team Bruce. So anybody if you're in real estate, any kind of questions, anybody even says the word real estate, send them over to us at TeamBruceMortgage.com.
0: Best thing is if you call if you call Team Bruce, you're going to talk to MK. And 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 or MG is just going to talk to you, right, Alex? That's how it's going to go. Yeah, that's, how it works. <laughs> I think that's how it's uh, going to be, Alex. What if you were if you were uh, the Cougs this week? What would you uh, have been working on in the uh, in the last nine ten days? Well,
2: well. Um, I think for me, um, you know, there's some things around, I mean, I get I, I'm like, scheme is very, it, obviously very important to me. That's something that I'm just offensively, like I'm really sure. in tune with. And you know, one thing I've noticed is, you know, Washington state's really good when they go tempo uh, off of kind of big plays and big first downs. But at times what I've seen is that that menu of plays is kind of limited and it's hurt them at times could limited. So I mean, Intrigued to see if Eric Morris maybe during the bye week was able to tweak some because when you're going week to week, it's hard to change things like that, right? It's hard to change those kind of like those those plays when you're running on the fly and you're you're trying to go with tempo. So I'm intrigued to see if the menu of plays on tempo changed and in general, just are they are they going back when you self scout and seeing what really works, right? Like the offense is really good when they go formation in the boundary. They put a lot of guys in the boundary. They run plays into the boundary. There are certain plays. Throughout the last, you know, five or six games, that you're like, man, this really works. These schemes work, and I think at times, um, whether it's down and distance or it's circumstance or it's just, you know, you just flow of the game, they got away from some of those things. So I'm really intrigued to see if off the self scout they get back to some of those th- core plays that really worked, and they add some things in tempo that are really uh, that can be really effective.
0: What about the other side of the ball, MK? What do you, what do you want to see them do?
3: Well, you know, what's crazy is like, you know, after that, that Cal game, if you'd asked me then I would have been like, Hey, listen, we're going to go in there and smack people in the mouth. But, but I will say I'm a little bit concerned about this Utah offense. I mean, they're scoring 40 points. I think they scored 40 points, at least a few games this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, high power, they're getting after it. I, I think for us, to be successful one obviously stop the run but if we can score offensively <laughs> that's where i, I want to go back to almost that leash mentality of <laughs> scoring a little bit more than the other team but that's really what I'm, I'm seeing that they're gonna score a lot of points it's just like how how many turnovers can we get
0: well and and let's go just on the offense for a second they've changed made some changes on the offensive line alex They've uh, they've moved some guys around moved some pieces around as well uh, and it really starts there. I mean, Cam Ward is is you know can only be so much if he's got a guy in his face all the time. Uh, how much do you think they can help themselves on that
2: offensive line? Well, I mean, it's it's a work in progress. Regardless, I mean that's just the reality. When you lose the third round draft pick and Abraham Lucas yeah. and uh, you know a forty plus game starter and Liam Ryan, you're just bound to have. Um, you're bound to have some turnover, right? And so, you know, I, I thought against Oregon State, Falahe, Lili Falmoy had a nice, did a nice job getting thrown into his first ever action in offensive line yeah. at right tackle. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, you know, and you could go. I mean, there's a lot of directions you can go, right? I mean, Grant Stevens has played tackle before, so he could bump out the tackle. Maka Fafita has played guard before and is probably better at guard, frankly, than he is at tackle. And so, you know, there's kind of this interesting three-man rotation that they just got. You know, and this is this is why Clay McGuire gets paid big bucks. Is he's got to figure out what that rotation is. Um, you know, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up with Paul Moy on the outside and Stevens on the inside again. Uh, that seemed like it, it worked pretty well um, in the limited time we saw. it.
0: And Fafita playing inside too. I just I, that's and I think people forget it's that's such a huge difference tackle to guard on that line, and even honestly just right side, left side, you know, which guys have been yep. flipping over for a long time. Liam Ryan's a good example. I mean, he—he he, we think of him as a tackle because that's where he finished his career at Wazoo. You know, I know when the Seahawks have him and he's going to be one of those guys off and on a practice squad, you'll probably see him on again here real soon. They like him at guard. Uh, And they, that's kind of where they like him at. But you're right. It's, you lose two guys to the NFL like they did. Boy, Abe Lucas, by the way, is just absolutely murdering people he's right now in the NFL. killing like, it. He is absolutely destroying people i mean kenneth walker went 68 yards the other day or whatever it was on that touchdown oh yeah and, and 72 was just i mean that the nice kid from Archbishop Murphy just murdering people, and it's just and it's fun to watch. Yeah, so don't so don't let anybody tell you you can't have good offensive alignment in the air raid because and Charles Cross was also an air raid guy too. Uh, let me let me ask, yeah, let me ask
3: one question real quick. So Alex, yeah. so as far as uh, Cameron Rising, do you see him uh, getting after it on his legs too? Because I, I the, here's here's one thing: if you have an active quarterback, I I always was somebody that's like, okay, let me pin my ears back. I'm going to get to the quarterback. Now you throw in a mix when somebody can run. It it brings a whole new level to the game. So how do you think us – I mean, we have fast linebackers, but we do like to pin our ears back and get after the quarterback. This changes our defensive end's lanes. Can we get a bigger push from our front guys up front in the middle? What do you see that changing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a unique challenge. I mean, it's this weird mix, right, of kind of Oregon State's ability to run the football but Bo Nix's ability to escape and get out, get out of the pocket, right? It's a different – Style of offense than say Oregon and and uh, USC, but it's a similar offense to Oregon State. And then you add Cam Rising's legs. So I mean, I think that's the that's the challenge. Last year, you know, if you remember, the Washington State defense played phenomenal in Salt Lake against Utah. I mean, just yeah. played great, and the offense couldn't do much, right? And so you know, you wonder if there's a good it's a good matchup kind of in the box. And then you got to be aware, kind of to your point, of Rising picking up. Those are the backbreakers, right? A third and ten when you've made two good stops and then the quarterback is able to scramble and get ten yards. So, uh, look, you alluded to it earlier, MK. The reality is that the the offense has to carry the load, right, because you it against Oregon State. You just don't have – if you don't score, uh, you know, in the high 20s or low 30s, you, you just don't have a shot.
0: Yeah. Well, you, and and you bring up that you know peeing your ears back, MK. Here's a team that's you know uh, still the best in the Pac-12 in terms of tackles for loss with 52, is Washington State. Yeah. But you have to be a lot more wary of what rising to me kind of reminds me a little bit of Herbert. You know, like he's oh, wow. big, like he's big, like you know, like it's not like he's not a Kyler Murray. You know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's not a Caleb Williams. He's kind of a no. big, long, just a beautiful athlete, right? That can also chuck it down the field on you. I mean, he's a and and. Kind of a slower start this year. Had that, you know, pick at the end of the game at Florida, which, you know, I'm sure is something it just – I mean, they were on their way to at least tie the game. But he seems to have bounced back. They're a, He's they're gashed some team.
3: big runs this year, yeah. though. That's that's the thing that I yeah. that scares me a little bit. But the long I legs this, going, man. It's scary, right? Well we struggle is getting off the field on third down, Right. And, you know, we've we've proven that we can win the takeaway battle. When we do win the takeaway battle, we've seen great things happen, obviously. But getting off the field on third down and giving the ball back to our offense is going to be the game changer.
0: Alex, let me wrap it up with this with just the offense. it's I mean, Cameron Ward, uh, he's got a week and a half here to really kind of settle in. You said it schematically, probably a lot of film study as well. Uh, Jalen Jenkins is your only, if we're being honest with Nakia Watson-Hurd, is your only real number, you know, D1 running back right now. Everybody else behind him is kind of – it's pretty thin back there. So what do you expect to see these guys? And no Renard Bell, which is a tough one, but Stribly moves inside. What do you expect to see from Cam in this
2: offense? Well, you're going to have to win the football game. You're going to have to win throwing the football. I mean, that's the reality. And you're not going to be able to win throwing screens – (laughs) <laughs> to, to You know, at, when it comes to throwing football, right. like you're going to have to push the ball downfield a little bit. And I think that's part of the value of moving dribbling inside is he's a little more accessible in the middle of the field and you can attack the middle of the field a little bit better. Um, look, going into the season, you knew that the the receiving unit was, you know, they weren't deep. It wasn't like it was, you know, with Mike Leach and that air raid offense. You, you had three or four guys that you felt really good about and you were hoping a fifth or sixth guy emerged and then you have the renard bell injury so you're kind of back into that like you got three or four guys honestly yeah. and so you know they need to stripling needs to really um emerge i mean as a true sophomore you know you're asking a lot but you need guys that can step up you know we know that um you know rob Farrell stepped in in a big way but in the end cam ward's got to find a way find a rhythm throwing the ball downfield i mean they can't they can't screen them to death you're not gonna be able to run the fall as effectively as you would like with jenkins as a true freshman um so it, you know at some point you got to get some chunk play so we'll see if that's through scheme or we'll see if that's through you know cam kind of settling down in the pocket and delivering the ball down and, he, and,
0: and in cam's defense you gotta catch the damn ball yeah I mean, they that usc game or the Oregon state sure. game oh. i mean it was just i mean and it was dudes you wouldn't expect to drop it Farrell dropping balls victor dropping sure. balls dribbling dropping balls and he's got and we're not talking about like like Balls in guys' hands. Like, and that's, yeah. that's I don't know. Okay. I, I would think, Alex, that just sucks the life out of a quarterback. You know, you can't, you can't show your emotion, but inside you're like, really? Oh. Like,
3: really? <laughs> like, <laughs> pull a Tom Brady and just throw an iPad at him. <laughs>
0: yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and just, you know, walk around yeah. with your lower lip stuck out like you're a, you know, 12 year old girl. All right. Um, <laughs> did I say that? Okay i've had one it's okay all right uh alex uh mk legends that you are we will talk to you next week let's hope they get back on track with a thursday night win. it'll be dry and cold i can't wait i'm gonna be over there i'll be waving at alex hey alex what's going on mm-hmm. uh, up there in the booth with him and Chaz? so uh have a great week fellas and we'll talk to you next week all right go koogs go cooks baby go coogs uh, mk bruce and uh alex brink we'll take a break come back daily power play next 93.3 FM. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. J. Rudd at Lasic and com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact, it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's auroralasic.com for your refractive lens exchange.
1: It's Crosby. In front, Kudra This is the Daily Power Play. Deep slot, one-timer McKinnon. He scores! Now, Ian Furness on Sports Radio 93.3. This
4: is the battle of Alberta
3: we've been waiting
4: for.
2: KJR
1: FM.
4: Well, I was with him yesterday, so we were catching up. We weren't really talking about much hockey, but, um, yeah, I saw him yesterday. Did it last night. I showed him my house and stuff, so it was good. Matty Beneers of Your
0: Seattle Kraken, our daily power play. He's talking about uh, getting a chance yesterday to hang out with Owen Power, who was the number one overall pick the year, two years ago, when uh, Matty Beneers was number two overall. So Owen Power and the Buffalo Sabres are in town tonight. It's our daily power play every day that we can fit it in uh, when we aren't squeezed and hammered with football stuff this time of year. But uh, most days we get it in. Daily power play, uh, talking all things NHL, and specifically Your Seattle Kraken is a – Host the Buffalo Sabers tonight at Climate Pledge Arena. That's a uh, seven o'clock drop of the puck, six thirty pregame right here, uh, ninety three point three KJR FM. Our guy Mike Benton, everybody is out there working on things as we speak, getting ready for the pregame show. Uh, how about more Matt batty But and had a day off yesterday. He talked about uh, having some uh, well earned time off.
4: I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm always okay for an off day <laughs> <laughs> i like to nap and hang out on my couch and watch tv so um we i don't know i ran some errands yesterday and then i watched game of thrones because i haven't seen it yet um and then yeah thought it was good <laughs> game of thrones hit a boy
0: uh veneers is having a, just a hell of a start to not just the season his career as a whole uh he is uh He's been sensational. He's got five points in seven games, couple goals, three assists so far this season in 17 career games in the NHL. I and mean, It's weird to think he's only played 17. It feels like it's much more than that, but came up at the end of last season, 17 career games, 14 points, five goals, nine assists. Uh, I mean, just a remarkable. Third teenager in NHL history to record a point in at least 11 of his first 12 career games. Uh, that's Elite company, folks, and the only two other guys that have done it, Jonathan Taves and Joe Sack. Uh Both one is, and the other will be a Hall of Famer. So, Matty Baneer's start to his career has been just absolutely sensational. Uh, how about one more cut from Baneer's talking about the progress of the team?
4: It's early in the season. I think you know, closing out a game a one goal lead is kind of an art. Um, you know, you got to all just be committed. And, um, you know, as you guys saw, we kind of, you know, two goals in 13 seconds. Like, we kind of let off the gas a little bit. And uh, you just can't do it, especially, you know, every team's good and every team has goal scores. They can put it make you pay for mistakes. So, um, you know, it's just getting getting the lead and being able to, you know, contain it or keep it. And, you know, everyone being on the same page when you're entering, entering the third
0: they're talking about, uh, and I think a lot of fans, maybe you missed this the other day. They played a day game in Chicago on Sunday, uh, had a lead third period lead and, uh, gave it up, ended up losing that hockey game uh, after having a remarkable win. We talk about that. They beat Colorado in Colorado, defending Stanley cup champions last Friday as a great win by this team. Um, and you would hope you'd follow it up with a good effort. And they did for two periods, 40 minutes out of the 60, but then as Matty been said, uh, you know, in less than 20 seconds, it uh, evaporated and they, uh, they lost that game. Um, the the Kraken have had great success against Buffalo I, I'll give you a little hint on Buffalo this is I like seeing this now this is actually this this will make this will make fans here very happy uh, Buffalo is number three on a list that you don't want to be number three on they're actually tied for a second but depending on if you, how you want to look at the season how the season goes but they're number three on a list think about what that list might be If you're in Seattle, it makes you feel really good because your team's no longer on that. Um, You are no longer number one, Seattle. The Mariners, of course, had the longest playoff drought across all four major league sports, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and HL. When they clinched that playoff spot this year and got to the postseason for the first time in 21 seasons, that means they took that off of their back. Philadelphia, by the way, had a 10-year. The Phillies did a 10-year playoff drought as well. But now no more. are we number one on that list? Sacramento Kings, which is just fantastic. Sacramento Kings, 16 seasons. They have not they have not made the playoffs since 2005 and 2006. What's more incredible about that, you think it's been tough here in Seattle? The Kings, <laughs> they, they, they have had a winning percentage of 36% since their last playoff appearance. Not only are you not going to the playoffs, you're not getting close to the playoffs. Like, at least the Mariners got close a couple times, had a couple winning records, and I'm the first guy to say, I don't care about the winning records, get to the end postseason. I don't care about the re- record. We saw a team go 7-9, and get to the postseason, and win a playoff game in the NFL, and probably could have won the second one in Chicago. Uh, but Sacramento's number one. Number two, the New York Jets' 11 seasons, their last appearance was 2010, so they haven't been in the playoffs in forever. Uh, In fact, that team, the head coach was Rex Ryan. The quarterback was Mark Sanchez. Both are now on television. And no more for their TV work these days than that. And number three on that list, and kind of tied for number two, I guess, the Buffalo Sabres here tonight to take on your Seattle Kraken. Longest drought in the NHL. And this is actually a good note for you, Seattle Kraken fans, because you kind of wonder, like, how long will it take? The Sabres with 11 straight years... Since they've been to the play- playoffs, that's also the longest drought in league history. So, unlike the NBA or Major League Baseball or even the NFL, going a decade without getting the postseason in the NHL is kind of hard to do. Well, Buffalo, you're doing it well. Nice job by you guys. Uh, they went 39-32-11. and 11. They had 89 points the last, well, that was the year after they last made the playoffs. They have not come close since then. And they're here tonight trying to end that. By the way, they're a lot better team this year. They're 4-1 uh, and one on the season. Martin Jones will get the starting goal for the Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, Philip Grubauer, by the way, placed on injured reserve earlier today. We're trying to find out uh, from our guy, Mike Benton, who is uh, checking in right now. Is it uh, retroactive or not? If it's retroactive, then he can come back uh, this weekend. If not, then he's out for a couple weeks. Uh, but Martin Jones will get his sixth start of the season. He's uh, actually his fifth start of the year, his sixth appearance. He is 2-2-1, two, two and one. goals against not great, 3-9-1, save percentage not great, 86%. Uh, at the other end, we're thinking it's Eric Comrie, the former Tri-City American, uh, who will get the start for the Buffalo Sabres, who are 4-1 off to a hell of a start this season, and they are 3-0 oh on the road. So that's your daily power play getting ready for tonight's game. Again, Benton will help you drop the puck coming up at 6.30 tonight, as uh, that game's right here on 93.3 KJR-FM. Dave Tomlinson ever fits you on the call. All right, we come back. I'm going we're going to jump into a couple sound bites and have a conversation. And uh and we'll love your feedback as well at 49451 on the Telemorphic text line. What is taking place with the Mariners, with the uh, Seahawks right now is really remarkable. And there might be one guy that can really truly be a guy that gets credit for it even though he only played 23 snaps in his first game. We'll tell you who that is and what that's all about when we come back. 93.3 Hey FM. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend Dr. J Rudd at Aurora Lasik and auroralasic.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to auroralasic.com. That's auroralasic.com. Dr. J. Rudd, he is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's auroralasic.com for your refractive lens exchange.